0: Can't do it. Don't you know, I can't we'll do it, do it. live. Okay. Oh. No. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Yeah. Do it live. I can, I'll can. write it and we'll do it live. Fucking thing sucks.
1: Hello, hello. Welcome to Open Live for some soccer. My name's Seth Rattelman. Joining me this evening, Paula Maurer. Thomas Floyd. Hi. Hello. Hey guys. It's been a couple months. Uh, Quarterly
2: Soccer Podcast returns.
1: How did we prepare for tonight's podcast? I ask. Let me answer my own question. (laughs) I headed a chocolate soccer ball. You probably
2: do need to
0: elaborate on that a little bit.
1: I don't really know how else to describe it. I mean, that
0: that actually does summarize the situation pretty accurately.
1: I have a chocolate soccer ball. Pablo tossed it up to me, and I headed it. Much yeah, you
2: might want to mention that Lindsay's Lindsay's mother gave you guys. You didn't
1: just. My mother-in-law gave us a chocolate soccer ball for our anniversary, and I just headed it. I mean, that's the story.
0: I documented it. (laughs) Has this been put out into the world?
1: Let me. Let me. uh, I'll post it up on the. OWFSS. Okay. Twitter account. It's uh, it's a good one. I headed it. There was a panel that shattered. Um, we proceeded to eat some of the chocolate, and it was gross. I think I, my, I still have a stomach ache.
0: I did not touch it. Yeah. It looked it looked a little sketchy.
1: It's probably somewhere between a month and six weeks old even that's
2: how long you've had it it's not how old it is
1: no 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 yeah I I think that's how old it is Basically, I can't tell you the date that it was made but yeah I mean I've probably had it for like three weeks or a month so I'm assuming you know it was put out on the shelf in the uh, chocolate store or wherever my mother-in-law got (laughs) it from you know six weeks ago or something I don't know how hot seller uh, chocolate soccer ball is but
2: guys uh, as always we're taking your calls here 708 Five eight six nine three seven seven. Uh, talking about DC United MLS playoffs, Zlatan, chocolate soccer balls, whatever you know. Um, uh, yeah, ma- DC any messages? United, uh, no messages. This is what happens when you do a podcast once every three months? Is a the intro is terrible. B nobody calls you. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a good answer. And C, info. you can't even think of, like, three, three things.
1: So. <laughs> you, just, uh, you just Rick perry did, it, I think. Correct. Yeah.
0: I appreciate that that is the thing he will... Honestly, forever be associated with
1: I hope so. Oh, and by the way, he now runs the department yeah, that he I know. Uh, wanted to get rid of. <laughs> the ultimate bit of irony.
2: I, I really hate that my personal crusade against the phrase, uh, the calm before the storm, has only led to literally everybody tweeting the calm before the storm at me.
0: I feel like team accounts are purposely doing it to yeah, spite you. And I'm, I'm not even exaggerating.
2: I'm I'm almost positive that... uh, There we go. It was when I was wrong with my, my my microphone. I'm almost positive that Minnesota United did it on purpose the other day. I mean, it's fine. Which they, I appreciate. I mean, they, they don't have anything to lose. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, right. so Hi, Min-
2: Minnesota United. Yeah, so... D.C. United made the playoffs. D.C. United made the playoffs. Is, uh, last time we were on the air, what we were talking about whether they should get Ballatelli or something, or what was, what was going on. La-
1: last then? time we were on the air, we were talking about uh, whether Fabian Spindola was going to be able to lead them <laughs> to <into> the playoffs, <laughs> something like that. God. Um. Yeah, they did it. Um. I'm. 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 I'm curious. Before. Before we we get into uh, the playoffs and and their prospects, um, some of the other things we have. I I, I really want to know your guys' opinion on this. As far as what is most responsible, maybe not most responsible, but what, what are some of the factors for how D.C. United was able to turn their season around? And I think there's two obvious ones, um, the new stadium, all the home games, and, and Rooney. Um, but what do you guys think Uh, are maybe some of the more under the radar factors. I mean, how much of it is because of Audi field and Rooney and and how much of it was uh, from, from other things that maybe aren't, aren't as clear.
0: Well, it really was the culmination or confluence of so many different factors beyond the two big ones. I feel like you could really, you know, any additional uh, boost to this team's chances, rode on the coattails of the Audi Field Rooney kind of doubleheader where they both debuted with the same game in mid-July and everything turned around. But when you look at the impact Russell Canals has had, I mean, he has been absolutely critical to the way they control games, winning balls in midfield, showing range, uh, dictating possession. Getting him back midseason was much more influential than I think anyone expected. Bill Hamid, strangely, I think has gone under the radar. When you look at some of the early results uh, at Audi Field, they actually, you know, they didn't start off perfectly. They lost to the Red Bulls in a game where David Osted allowed a savable goal. They almost lost that game to Orlando, which was David Osted's last start of the season. And he didn't have a particularly stellar performance i feel like if bill hamid doesn't join this team then maybe there <laughs> maybe there are some uh goalkeeping issues throughout the rest of the year that you know prove crucial in this very tight playoff race uh, th- w-
1: the thing that yeah
2: i mean you, you feel like with hamid i mean i think uh, uh ben said this in the media availability the other day like he, he does still make one save a game that sort of saves them you know um, right and he is. like. I, mean, I did think when they signed him, I was like, this is, say what you will about Rooney and Acosta, Hamid is somebody, just one player who can keep them in any game, period. You know, they, they can have an off night. Bill can stand on his head. Uh, and going to the playoffs, they absolutely probably will need that, especially on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it is crazy. It's sort of flown under the radar. It, I think it's also probably because it almost really barely felt like he left. Right. Um, you know, so it's sort of hard to get for fans, I think, to get just totally amped about his return,
0: you know. And and I also think it was just such a bonus. You know, they had addressed the goalkeeping position with Osted and Clark. And even though I think Osted had some struggles, I don't think, you know, anyone was particularly clamoring for them to go out and get a big-time upgrade at goalkeeper. I think the front office and most of the fan base looked at, Osted and Clark and said, well, we have two experienced MLS keepers and they're not Bill Hamid, they're not going to be in the goalkeeper of the year race, but, you know, they're enough. They'll get the job done. So to have Hamid just fall into their lap and suddenly provide this big upgrade at a position that I don't think they had fully processed how much they needed an improvement at was such an, an important factor in the turnaround, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, uh, one of our listeners in the comments here uh, Ted Meyer points out also Junior Moreno. Like who, who would have thought that you that he would pair so well with Canales? Yeah, I mean it's crazy. Like I was looking at the salary list the other day, and their central midfield. I mean those two guys make combined like three seventy five a year or mm-hmm. something like that. I mean I don't know if there's a better value in MLS yeah. than those two players. Yeah,
1: you 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 almost forget how much time Canales missed this season because of yeah. how much of a. a key player he's become for them and it
2: is like that people are so keen on they talk about the difference in points and goals etc with Rooney and without Rooney but also kind of fail to acknowledge that it's the exact same statistic for Canals. yeah yeah Knauss literally like split those two things
0: yeah, he, you know like Canals literally debuted at the Audi field opening that was his first game of the season which yeah. I feel like people maybe don't fully process yeah,
1: Knauss Rooney and Hamid all essentially joined the team around the same time period.
0: Yeah, Hamid was about a month later, but it's just you know that you know that talent that you're able to bring in, you know, and to spread it out in different parts of the field—goalkeeper, central midfield, up I top. Mean, we,
2: we haven't even touched on Assad and Ariola, and like these right. are two guys now having careerish sort of years, and, and like
0: yeah, and and also they are players who. I think the team was leaning on in the first half of the season as their go-to guys, and they're more complementary. And now that you have Acosta and Rooney just very much carrying the load, you're seeing how much of an impact a player like Paul Ariola can have when he's allowed to be the third or fourth weapon.
1: Yeah, I, I want to talk a little bit about DC United's uh, chances in the playoffs. Um, I mean, right now, everyone sort of... Picking them as like sort of a dark horse to to win it all. Everyone's talking about them as the team that no one wants to face. Uh,
2: I think there's seven to a seventeen to one odd right now to win MLS Cup.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that doesn't sound that great. But it's not. It's not. They're yeah. like one of the lower teams. Yeah, I would put. But but you are right in that. Like you
2: you end. definitely hear a lot of people saying, hey. I mean, it seems like every year, right? I mean, what people talk about is rounding into form as you go into the playoffs and stuff. Right. And 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 it was.
0: I was just going to say once you get through the knockout round where DC has home field advantage anyway, then the rest of the playoff format until MLS Cup you know there's Just survive there's, on the road yeah well yeah. there's like no advantage for being the higher seed they're on level playing ground with the red bulls and atlanta and the teams that had these prolific regular seasons it really comes down to current form i think when well, you're looking at the and i mean contenders. not to mention it
2: started interrupt Seth. But not to mention but i mean like i had somebody tweet up the other day that said dc's not going to make a run because they've won road one they have won one road game all year and i was like Okay, but there have been plenty of teams through the years that just survive the road game and then come back and dominate at home in advance.
0: Yeah, you need to win or tie zero road games to make it to MLS Cup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, As long as you win at home emphatically enough. Yeah.
1: Right, and that's why it's so crucial that they were able to get a home game in the knockout round because that's the one game outside of MLS Cup where it's just a one-off game, and if you lose, you're out whereas... Thank, like, you. Ma-
2: Thank you, New York City FC.
1: <laughs> yeah, like you mentioned, Thomas, uh, you know, this team hasn't really been tested that much on the road. Of course, since they've had this new core with Rooney and Canales and Hamid, they've played, like, two road games, so it's really hard to judge how they're going to respond to a real test on the road now that they're they're rolling with this this current group of players, but of course, they they don't have to to win. They just have to avoid heavy defeats.
0: Also, for what it's worth, I'm kind of rattling this off the top of my head, but I think since they brought in all those players, uh, they are like 0-1 and 3 on the road. Like, they have one loss and three draws. Like, they've been getting results on the road since the new players came in. They have very small sample size, but I look at this team, and I 100% think they could, you know, if they face the Red Bulls in the next round, I could see them going to Red Bull Arena and scraping out a zero-zero, one-one, or even a one-nothing loss, and then all you need is a like a two-nothing win at Audi Field, and you're through. It's it's very plausible. Do you guys have any any
2: opinion on the first tiebreaker now being wins?
0: I I don't strongly disagree with it, but I do disagree with it. I think if you already have a format where wins are worth three points and ties are only worth one. That is enough rewarding teams. That's for, a yeah. That's enough of a reward for a win over a draw. I would rather give the benefit to the teams that are scoring lots of goals and playing entertaining soccer that produces a better goal differential.
1: Yeah, I think it's also just a better demonstration of how good the team is. Goal differential. Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, it kind of seems obvious on its face, but. A team that wins a game 5-0 against one team is probably going to be better than a team that wins 1-0 against the same team.
2: Hashtag analysis.
1: Th- I mean, right that's, that's why you listen to us, right?
2: Yeah, for all those hot takes.
1: That in Six Screens of Rochester Runners.
2: Yeah, man. It's been a long time since we did that. Maybe later in the episode we'll do one. <laughs> yeah. Did we, didn't we? did we come up with a new game? Did we? Did yeah, you, did you come up with a new game
1: and not tell us?
0: I forget. I, this is. Oh no no! I'm, a bell. I'm
1: thinking about your
2: yeah. when I ex- on your birthday when yeah. I exposed you to Twitter and you started connecting incredibly obscure people to the Rochester <laughs> Rhinos. I connected. What, what was the best one?
0: I connected the. It was like
2: somebody from my, Family no, Matters. Yeah, my, no, no, my <laughs>
1: favorite was when he connected Zachary Ty Bryant from Home Improvement. Not that's just, what it was. Yeah, Both, yeah. both the actor Zachary and the Ty, Ty Bryant and the character Brad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I was able to find a real life person who cameoed on home improvement that i could bridge the fictional world and reality was was very crucial Wait
1: how did you pull that off I'm, I'm it right
0: now. Uh yeah i would i would need to look it up there was um oh it was bob vila
1: Oh my god he, that he, episode was just on by the
0: way Oh wow ran- randomly okay. Bob Vila cameoed <laughs> that i watch a lot on uh Tool Time the show <laughs> the show within the show as himself and I connected him to uh Brad Taylor through that. And so now I'm here we in, go. I'm in the real world with Bob Vila. I got it right here. And you have it. Uh,
2: Zachary Ty Bryan was Buffy was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer season seven with Sarah Michelle Geller, who was in Buffy season three with Seth Green. I looked at a multiple lateral <laughs> Buffy the Vampire <laughs> oh, yeah. Slayer yeah, I, I didn't even you just never know what's gonna happen. I
0: didn't cheat and just use Buffy <laughs> all as like one and then, thing. This is my yeah. favorite
2: part about this, is that then it then it like skews? Like, is all right? So Seth Green, who was on Entourage with Jeremy Penn, who was in the Entourage movie with Thierry Henry, who yeah. played with former Ron, Rhino Johnny Steele.
0: Yeah, uh, and then the uh, a, the fictional incredible. the fictional character one was pretty good, pretty good too. It was uh, Bob Vila was in uh, I think one of the Hot Shots movies. He had a cameo. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> god, dude. And then I uh, I managed to connect him to. Uh, to the rhinos somewhere. Somehow? You also you yeah. also
2: connected Kevin Bacon. Well, to the Rochester rhinos for some synergy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! I'm looking through all these. They're all still incredible.
0: Yeah, that was I was pretty pretty pleased.
1: With it myself. was a banner day. It was also really funny to think of Thomas on his birthday, like having plans and having to cancel him because he uh-huh. was getting so many requests. I got. I,
2: did <laughs> I love you. Dunked on this guy <laughs> who who thought he had you with Garincha, and you said. Garincha played with Pelé, who was in a Sierra Mist commercial with Freddie Adu, <laughs> who played at DC with with John Wilson of the Rochester Rhinos.
0: Yeah, there's some. That
2: Jimmy Carter appeared. <laughs> Jimmy, <laughs> Carter. Jimmy Carter appeared on the Daily Show with Jon Stewart, which used to feature Stephen Colbert, whose Colbert Report had on Alexi Lawless, who played in LA with Matt Reese, who played in New England with On Loan Rhino. Louis Softner.
1: Oh, I think you could have maybe connected John Stewart through his college soccer career. That would have been uh, even, that yeah, would have been even well, more impressive yeah. if you could somehow pull that off. I mean. I don't know how many people in like the early 1980s. I th- Was it Dartmouth, I think? You played
0: William & Mary. Well,
1: yeah, early, yeah, early 1980s, William & Mary went on to professional This careers. is pretty great.
0: But Somebody, uh,
2: again, tries to dunk on, or Thomas dunks on this dude, who suggests Lev Yashin. The Lev Yashin Award for Top Goalkeeper at the World Cup went to Thierry <laughs> Courtois, who was an assistant coached on Belgium by Thierry Henry, who played with former Rhino Johnny Steele.
0: <laughs> I don't know if any of these are uh, bending... Whatever flimsy rules we have for six degrees of Rochester Rhinos. Probably. Yeah. Who cares?
1: So, guys, who do you think D.C. United would rather play in the second round? New uh, York? T- oh, Atlanta. Uh,
2: New York, or Atlanta. Hands down, Dude, Atlanta. It
0: would be very fitting for Tata Martino's MLS career to end with a defeat to Ben Olsen in oh the MLS playoffs.
2: His kryptonite. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we get another outburst like the one also, we had for the last game.
0: If that happens, it's not too late to hire Olson as the U.S. coach. Just mean, have at, at
2: this point, would he be any worse than what we're looking at? <laughs> we could talk about I, this later, right? I, Do we? Is this on the outline? No. The, the fact that they haven't interviewed anybody,
0: like any of isn't us, isn't it just least? assumed that once Columbus's season maybe ends on Thursday, they're going to announce Burhalter? Isn't it just
2: assume that once Columbus finishes their downward decline by crashing out in the knockout round, their <laughs> head coach will be named to the highest position of coaching in the United States? <laughs> I mean, come on. What? I- I, can I? Can I? Uh, can we talk about this for like two seconds, or we do it later?
0: Might as well. Have fun. we ever? Right, had so a f- real format. H-
2: here's here's a, a quick observation. Just a, like a, a a logical reason why he shouldn't be the coach. The system he plays in Columbus takes like. I feel like it takes a long time to implement. Like you need guys there uh, continuously. It does it's not a good fit if you just have dudes in camp for two weeks, four times a year, whatever the fuck it is. You know, I, I don't understand. Like I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not just opposed automatically to Berhalter because he's sort of like a mean potatoes, American name. But I don't understand the fixation with him. Like, is it a, is it because is, is it a family? Th- I'm, I don't
0: know. I'm just saying. Like I, I, I can see. Well. Fixation? No, I can see why he would there be hired. There is a fixation with him. Exactly. He's like the number one. Person like that I you, don't, know. I don't understand the fixation. I do understand yeah. why you might hire him, if that makes sense. After, I, like he's after not a, a more th- worth
2: having tunnel vision for.
0: Yeah, that you know? like, that would be my thought. Yeah. Because so to like somewhat counter the points you made, even though he plays a specific system, it's not a particularly complex complex it's a 4-2-3-1 yeah. it's a system that many of these players are playing a version of around the world for their club teams it's a system where even if you're not playing it for your club team you understand the roles in it and as a coach i mean he has experience being a coach in europe he has experience in the mls he went to two world cups so he has extensive experience with the u.s team and knows CONCACAF. well he checks those boxes uh I don't understand why you wouldn't put on more of a thorough search for other candidates and talk to other candidates. More, more
2: of a thorough search, <laughs> like any search you made. Like, yeah, I uh, love like the media, the media tour last year of like or last week of coaches who didn't talk to U.S. Soccer. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, yeah,
0: I kept waiting for someone else to chime in for like Mike Petke to be like, yeah, they didn't interview me either. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Ben Olson, Carl Robinson. <laughs>
0: like, Sam Adler dice.
2: What do you make of yeah. the uh what do you make of the and hey by the way, if you guys uh I I had the volume down on the on the call in ringer, so if you guys called in, I see somebody called in and we didn't get to you, just just call back. Uh what do you make of this requirement that the coach should speak English? Like it just seems so strange and arbitrary to me. Like
0: I I, I mean, feel like I would a, I mean like I feel like I would need more of a honest understanding of how these training sessions are run like tata has been a successful coach in mls for the last couple years not speaking english on a team where half of his starting lineup are spanish speakers and there are multiple players who can translate for their teammates it's i mean i guess you would have a similar dynamic with the u.s team because they also have latino but well but also though i mean
2: typically the i mean other teams that have Foreign coaches will typically just have an assistant who's bilingual. I mean, sure. All you have to do in the U.S. you can just look at Boris Militinovich, right? I mean, that's why mm-hmm. Steve Sampson was his number two. He could sort of translate. You know, I I don't I, I don't know. It it like it's bothersome to me to narrow the yeah
0: pool yeah. of potential coaches. And to there's like something for, like you know vaguely xenophobic about it. it no, yeah. I don't. I don't yeah. know that
2: it's. I mean, look, I don't. I don't know that they're. I'm not going to imply that U.S. soccer is being like intentionally. Xenophobic, but what you're yeah. saying about it being vaguely, I mean, it is, it is like by yeah. definition sort of that way. You also, know? So, like, I know that's at least, and, the and optics I mean, especially of it, if you're, right? I mean, yeah. like, we were coming off a like a year where we lost like uh, a, a top prospect, for example, to the Mexico. There's
1: always talk about dual nationals and all this other mm-hmm. shit. And, and the new U.S. soccer president did a really photo op photo with, op <laughs> with uh, Trump. our current president
0: where he talked about, uh, giving a, a, a red, red, card red card to the, the media. To the media. Yeah, exactly. yeah, right. Oh, my God. Good, good times. I, mean,
1: and, and I, know, I know that this is like sort of besides the point also with the uh, language requirement, but if you hire someone who doesn't speak English, could you not come to some sort of agreement where they would make an effort to learn in yeah, a certain amount I, of time? I don't
0: know how true this is, but I've heard from people at Atlanta United that Tata has slowly been learning English, and... He's not comfortable doing yeah, it. Didn't talking. Didn't you guys, didn't in you guys media. see him
2: scream "Go fuck yourself" at Ben Olsen? Yeah, I mean, he learned that much. something. I don't know. Yeah. But
0: like, yeah, the fact that he apparently was never interviewed and there was never a conversation with him that was like, his, how his, is your his, English? His and do you think you could improve it?" Was, yeah. His, when yeah. When
2: he was asked about it, his answer was so sad. It was like, "Well, there's no point in like considering something that never could have been" or something right. like that. Now here's it's, a it's so depressing. Like,
0: <laughs> now here's like a counter argument. If he's hired by Mexico, why would he take the U.S. job instead of that?
2: Um, I mean, I don't know. I th- wouldn't you think those two positions are largely sort of a toss-up? They have different. I
0: th- I think pluses and in biases. general I mean, here we have yeah. the
2: argument that we've been using for thirty years, like you could make this a soccer right. nation Right. <laughs> you know, like,
0: yeah. Uh, I think in general yes, but just at this moment, Mexico has a better
2: player pool. No, I, I understand like, that, but yeah. I mean that's like less of a challenge. I mean, some guys yeah. want to like. You know, Tata Martino could could have been the dude who like gets the U.S. to the World Cup semifinals or something like that, or maybe let's just start with getting us back to the World Cup. But you know, like right, I I don't know. Like, I don't know that somebody just by default would would choose yeah yeah. I the, think the Mexico job. Like,
1: I I, I think with, with with Berhalter, he very much could end up working out. He very much could have ended up being the guy after an extensive round of interviewing, but the optics of this without having interviewed a number of good candidates and without having done your due diligence it's is just very un- troubling. It's
2: almost unfair to him. Yeah. I mean, like he's gonna start now with this sort of label moniker of being the like the just the default dude who didn't yeah. have to compete for the job or whatever, whether that's what he actually is or not, yeah. you know, like and also so I And you add that to like the nepotism shit, right? Yeah. Because a lot of people are just like Oh, he's Jay Berhal- Berhalter's brother or whatever. Yeah, but here's I mean.
1: another another factor with, with Jay Burhalter which may end up being an issue, is that Burhalter is being mentioned by a lot of people as a favorite to take over for Dan Flynn as a CEO. Um, Dan Flynn currently is above Ernie Stewart on the org chart. Oh, God. So <laughs> you could end up with a situation where Jay Berhalter is above Ernie Stewart, who is above Jay Berthal- Berhalter's brother, and that is a conflict of interest.
0: And also one sorry, more, sorry I gotta start on this guys. one <laughs> one more unsettling factor. And I'll start by saying I know the counter arguments to this are out there, but they could have hired Greg Berhalter to this job literally a year ago. Yeah, of course. And I understand saying, All right, well we have a US soccer election in what was it, mid February and we're not gonna make any decisions until at least after that. Right, uh, But you could have gotten Greg Berhalter in place in the spring, in the summer.
1: He well, what, been. About, what about the next argument, which is after we got the president in place, then we wanted to hire this GM.
0: The GM thing. And everyone's like, the GM didn't start Ernie Stewart until August 1st. So what, what do you expect? I'm sorry. There had to have been some way to have the GM in place much, much sooner than that. Uh I I don't think that's a reasonable argument. I think you you know they should have found a way to get the GM in place and if you wanted Greg if you wanted Greg Burhalter make the hire and you know make the hire mid-season he could have joined the exodus of MLS coaches uh <laughs> over the summer. Yeah. And then he could have been in place for all of these friendlies. He could have been implementing his vision, you know, communicating with the GM, making sure the youth teams are playing his style as well. We could have been six months further ahead in this rebuild, whereas the U.S. is now going to be starting from scratch in the next couple weeks.
1: It, it has been really difficult to watch these friendlies in September oh, it is and October, brutal. just knowing the circumstances behind it. Um, you know, First of all, a lot of the team's young stars weren't there, and that's not really U.S. soccer's fault, but um you're just wondering what they 're getting out of this with sakin still in charge it's like what what is the point of this it's like it, you're you're going out against these teams, and a lot of times they're just getting crushed right, right? like anthony robinson i don 't know if he'll ever get his confidence back from the <laughs> Columbia game. It might be just left on the field in Tampa forever like
0: <laughs> i uh, yeah he 's been just, just hung out the dry and the, and you look at you know yay, they gave a run out to Ben Sweat, yeah. like, uh, I mean, like, is this exciting? You know, they're are these friendlies that mean nothing. Those games are already boring, and then it's a lame duck coaching situation, and then the, the games are half empty because of you know that's a whole nother discussion with the ticket prices for these extremely pointless friendlies. <laughs> Ugh. Things are going great,
2: guys. All right, <laughs> everything's going great. Let's go ahead and talk about DC United.
1: Yeah, guys, Okay, know. we we, uh, we went off on a little bit of a tangent. I'll yeah. do I'll do one more little DC United talking point, and then we'll kind of get into some more general MLS stuff. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Rooney and or Acosta as candidates for MVP. Uh, which, if either, do you think is a legitimate candidate?
2: I'm, I'm going to do mine first because I'm pretty quick about it. Yeah. Um, I don't think either of them are. Um, I think Rooney, if you do it by the book, right, the player who's most valuable, valuable to his team, like maybe there's a case to be made there, but I think D.C., you know, since his arrival, has, has just played as a total complete unit. I mean, uh, what, I guess if, if Assad had scored um, against Chicago, they would have had four dudes with double-digit t- uh, goals, which mm-hmm. would, have, would have been the first time it ever happened in the league. You know, I, I don't know that, like, any... any pers- I guess a lot, obviously, is made of Rooney's impact, and rightfully so, but, like, I don't know that he's been this, like, singular force, you know? Um, and, you know, I don't know. I, you know what, dude? I'm sorry. By definition, I'm just never going to give it to a player who played half a season. Like, I, you know, I, I don't know.
0: Uh I, in my pecking order, would put Acosta third or fourth in the MVP race. Yeah, uh, over
2: over Rooney, correct?
0: Yes, for sure. Uh, Lucio Acosta scored 10 goals. He was second in MLS with 17 assists. This is one of my favorite Opta stats. And um, I forget, one of the uh, wonderful folks at MLS Soccer tweeted this out. Uh, He led the league in intentional assists. Which I love the name of that stat. It makes it seem like the rest of the assists are like Jossi <laughs> Zardes <laughs> style. Yeah. It like ricocheted off their back <laughs> and went to someone. The stat is meant to differentiate between an assist where you just laid it off for a guy who scored a 30-yard rocket and an actual like ball meant to create soft, a head. scoring yeah, chance. Right. Yeah. yeah, And Acosta led the league with, I believe, 14 intentional assists. Almost all of his assists. How many does the ab do? 17. So he – I guess nobody – he, he tied the all-time team record then. Uh, of 17 assists? Echeverry. Okay. I think Echeverry may have had like 19 one season, but they were also they were more, shot, they were more like, liberal awarding assists back then. Uh, but no one else in the league in that intentional assist stat where Acosta had 14 had more than 10. Like he ran away with that statistic in terms of just directly creating goals. And then I also think in terms of style of play – the just constant impact he has on DC United throughout the match, his ability to recover the ball in midfield, create something out of absolutely nothing, you know, just pick up the ball 40 yards from goal and run at guys and draw in defenders. I think that makes him more influential even than someone like Zlatan who put up insane goal-scoring numbers over, over the season. Assists, you're
2: right. So right.
0: I, I would put Acosta, I would say he's third in my MVP um ballot behind you behind uh number one's Joseph Martinez and I also think BWP I, I would put him ahead of Acosta. But then when you look at all the factors I just mentioned and
2: Does Latan fall in there anywhere for you? I mean I would
0: put him fourth. Okay. Uh <laughs> but when you look at all the factors I just mentioned and then also you know just the narrative of him being able to over the second half of the season, you know, combine with Rooney and put this team really on his back more so than Rooney's back, in my opinion, and carry them from last place to a home game in the playoffs is pretty remarkable.
1: Yeah, I, I also don't think either of them are legitimate MVP candidates. I also would put Acosta above Rooney. Uh, the one devil's advocate argument I would make in Rooney's favor above Acosta is if you are looking at the valuable part of most valuable player – What Rooney has done to improve Acosta is hard to overlook. Acosta has 10 goals this year, and nine of them came after Rooney arrived. Um, It's pretty clear that something about having Rooney around him has taken his game to a whole new level. Um, I wouldn't put Rooney above Acosta in my MVP ballot because Rooney's only played half the season. But I think when you are looking at value to the team – Um, It's pretty clear that Rooney's value comes not only from what he brings, but also what he's been able to do to his teammates around him and make those around him better, especially Acosta.
2: Where does Travis Wara fit in here
0: to this argument? True true story. I was driving home from uh, one of the DC United games uh, in the last month or two, and a guy kind of like abruptly jaywalked in front of me And I wouldn't say I almost hit him, but it was you know, it gave me a slight moment of panic, and it was Travis Wara. Nice.
2: Yeah. Nice. I like that even the players can't park near the stadium. Yeah. Uh one one night one night I dropped Thomas off at one of the more remote lots. I mean it was like no exaggeration, it's a mile away from the stadium up on M Street. And I drop him off, Thomas gets in the lot and uh, Ian Harks is getting into his car. (laughs) The man had to walk a mile after the game to
1: <laughs> yeah. Also, they um, they take a bus from RFK. I right? heard that. I, th- I heard that. But I, but I heard that, that. But also, I see. I haven't. I've, s- I've seen
0: people walking to their cars after the Yeah, game, I so mean, I don't I know. Don't like that. I think they park a in that
2: marina lot that we park in.
1: Maybe yeah. that um, happened like w- at the beginning yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, have
2: you been? Have you you been to RFK this year? Yes. That place is just like, it's aged more in the past <laughs> six months than it did. And it is so bad now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, does that
1: mean that they were actually like performing yeah, yeah, yeah. an admirable amount of upkeep on <laughs> it? Yeah, like, I mean, we I, didn't think that, realize I think that essentially
2: they had like a tourniquet on it and now they just like snipped it off. Yeah. You
1: know,
0: like, they played a, uh, International rugby game there over the summer and I believe it. I think I want to say El Salvador may have had a friendly there. Yeah, yeah. There,
2: I think there was an El Salvador Honduras game there or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So
0: it's still still churning along.
2: They
1: had to cut the grass. <laughs> um <laughs> so anyways, let's let's, anyways. let's get into some more general MLS stuff. Uh speaking of Zlatan, we have to talk about the Galaxy's epic choke job. Oh, oh my god. Boy. That's um hard to watch. Up two goals at home against freaking Houston. <laughs> And they lose.
0: I what was the Galaxy's home record this season? Because I feel like in pretty recent memory, uh, StubHub Center was seen as such a fortress. And now it's become a place that literally everyone wins.
1: Eight? They had eight wins, five losses, four draws. That's. I mean, that's not as bad that's as
0: last yeah, year. Yeah. It was really bad last year. Yeah. But that's still pretty bad. Yeah.
2: I mean, they uh, like the other. It's also weird because there's always this sort of like general perception that like, oh, but they were so good when Zlatan got there. They only played four games without Zlatan this year, right? Right. I mean, it just feels like he got there in the middle of the year, but he didn't. Like, yeah, they played the whole year with them. And their, yeah. Their he issue, did, he, yeah, their issue was their back line, dude, which some for some reason costs like eight and a half million dollars or the fuck it is, like. It is the most expensive and worst backline I've ever seen in MLS. I mean, it's like comically bad uh, during some games. I, I don't know did how, like, somebody like Vahenis or Klein or somebody needs to like lose their job or just get their head out of their ass. Did I'm did not trying to speak in those terms, <laughs> but like, it, it's, it's this just goes to show you how like you can be a GM in MLS and you're essentially inv- invincible. I, like, yeah. it, like these dudes are just like it's like one of like five different people in MLS who I regularly think like
1: how do you still have a job yeah. like you've been through three head coaches like you know completely and they how how many ill advised signings have they made in the last who's their
2: truly three or four horrendous years? uh center back Siani Siani like they didn't even scout him I was just about to bring like that, that up like, yeah
0: it I forget. Just signed,
2: what does he make 600,000 a year yeah. or something like I that I forget
0: how that leaked but I think maybe even one of the people, public one of the coaches publicly discussed it. But, yeah, it came out that they did not scout him at all. I, it's and, just incredible. And me. the thing was, it was last year, it it was a lost season where they were literally the worst team in MLS. <laughs> and Vandama leaves in August, and it's already a lost cause. And they go out and sign Siani to a big contract without scouting him because they basically made a panic move because Vandama was leaving and they needed a center back right then. Why did they need a center back right then? The season was a lost cause. They just doomed themselves for another year of this horrendous center back being paid far too much money. It, it just seems like mismanagement that's I, I'm like hard to, to fathom. I'm
2: totally curious to what they'll do about a head coach. Like I know um, I've heard that Kinnear is like really well liked by the players. Uh, that
0: can't possibly be the. I mean, that, I, mean I, I understand I, I, I he's well liked. I, I can tell you.
2: I can tell you this right now that he's definitely a candidate. Okay. Like
0: he's, they're they're definitely considering keeping him. Like I'm sure he's well liked and he has a successful MLS track record. But if that's the higher, that's so underwhelming.
2: Or it would be like keeping Dave Sarakin as the U.S. national team coach. <laughs> <laughs> is what you're <laughs> pretty saying? Like, pretty much. Yeah. 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 Uh,
1: Another big issue. Well, with I the, mean, with also, the,
2: sorry. they yeah. apparently they've interviewed Marina for GM, right? So, like, this came out in the past day or two. Interesting. Oh my God. Yeah. Well,
1: so another <laughs> another problem with the Galaxy, which goes straight to the front office and the whole organization, is, is the fact that they <laughs> have a great mascot. <laughs> Cosmo he's, he's is under, the only underutilized.
2: <laughs> I just want to <laughs> clarify that Cosmo is like the only thing not wrong with
1: them. You know? Um, the probably the greatest photograph in mls history is the picture of <laughs> J- jose marino walking off the yeah, field yeah. and cosmo with the side that says it's called soccer god that,
2: that is that is a moment that like i i cherish the fact that that exists i know more I know. than like
1: um so yeah the biggest the biggest problem with the galaxy is that they have an incredible academy that has routinely produced great prospects and they either Can't get into the first team, get into the first team, get like three games, and then get pushed to the side, or they just end up signing with a club in Europe because they know that the pathway to the first team isn't there. Like they could have a team made up entirely of homegrown signings right now, and they would be doing fairly well in MLS. And it's just a complete disaster. And they got
0: the head start on this. We have this trend where Over half the teams in MLS, right, have these USL affiliates that are completely run and operated by the MLS club. And the Galaxy were the pioneers. They did that before anyone else. And it was heralded as this investment in youth development. And on the investment side, it was admirable. And on the execution side, it's been a disaster. They haven't gotten a single productive player out of that system.
1: They have they have a number of really good prospects right now. Efrain Alvarez, Ulysses, Ly- Yanez, Lyanez, and a couple other ones. Yeah. And they cannot get any minutes with the first team because whatsoever. Yeah, and, and when you look at some of the guys who are getting minutes, you
0: yeah. <laughs> I don't want to like highlight anyone in particular, but like this team starts Dave Romney.
2: Why well, can't God? I was I was about to just <laughs> I was about to just like cough like Romney, but then you were just like Dave Romney is yeah. a bad soccer player.
1: Efrain Alvarez is probably the best prospect in the country at his age group, and he can't get any minutes. He scores highlight reel goals every week in USL. He's 16, can't get any minutes. Meanwhile, John Luca Busio in Kansas City. He's on the first team. He's playing. He's yeah. the same age.
2: Guys, uh, to put a cap on this Galaxy thing, I'm actually, uh, Seth, like we were talking about the Back Home Experiment a while back. Yeah. I actually downloaded it on Kindle and I'm reading it for the first time just randomly. Um, and it's it's fascinating. But one trivia fact, maybe the three of us should go recreate this. Like the sort of infamous uh, incident where like, like eight of the dudes go out for dinner and like the check comes and like, Beckham doesn't pick it up, and everyone's like, "What the hell <laughs> happened at Morton's Steakhouse in Crystal City, Virginia?" <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> yeah, <so laughs> hey, go. maybe like go to the host stand and be like, "We'd like the table where David Beckham sat, please."
1: Like, <laughs> I would go you know, there
0: and be like, "I'd like the table where Alan Gordon sat, please." <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Oh, I get Pete Feinus's chair. Yeah, like I <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I want to talk a little bit about the Red Bulls because I, we were talking about this a little earlier, and I think we had <laughs> a really team that
2: none of us knew was. We Go all, yeah, we
1: all, we all had a very similar reaction on on Sunday, and I'm sure a lot of other people did too. After they won their last game, won the Supporters Shield, and it turned out that they ended up having the best season in MLS history in terms of number of <laughs> wins and number of points, and we all said, "Wait, what? <laughs> uh, how did they fly so under the radar? How they?" had a better season than Toronto I mean, last year, and everyone talks about that team as, like, one of the best, if not the best in MLS history.
2: Like, like lack of big-name players. I think that's the obvious answer for me. I mean, even BWP yeah. is, like, dude, make no mistake. Like, an all-time MLS great maybe like, in the conversation for the best player in the history of the league, but just kind of, like, not a sexy name, for lack of a better word. You yeah. know, like... Uh, well,
0: has a sexy last name. Then his first name, you're like, oh, it's just Bradley. Phillips is a sexy last name, well, no, right. right? Phillips right. is a well-known. English oh, okay, okay yeah. yeah, I yeah, thats what like I was getting at, honing in on Phillips. <laughs> you for thought that was reason. anti-right? Yeah, yeah right. okay. <laughs> like,
2: I don't, I don't know, uh, but you know, it's I, like, and you know, a lot of the other guys we talked about this. They get a lot of mileage out of guys like Kmart Lawrence. These sort of like kind of average names in MLS. They yeah. have some homegrowns. I mean, they've they have like compared to what the the Hypo run last year. Well, we talk about the we yeah. talk about,
0: you know, say the Galaxy not giving their homegrowns enough of an opportunity. The Red Bulls over the last few years have put on a clinic in how to just retool your team, make the hard decision to part with a key player when he still has trade value. And give that opportunity to one of your young prospects, knowing you'll take a short-term hit, because right off the bat, Tyler Adams wasn't Dax McCarty. But now, a year, two years later, Tyler Adams is the best defensive midfielder in MLS and an exciting (laughs) prospect who's going to either be a staple for them for years or net them a large transfer fee.
2: Dex McCarty and is withering Dex- away in front of 3,500 <laughs> people at Bridgeview, <laughs> Illinois. Right. You know.
0: uh, and then this past offseason, you get rid of Sasha Kleshtian. You make the decision to bring in a player like Kaku. With Kleshtian, it was definitely a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I like You could have made that argument, and it was a bold decision to part ways with him. And now I don't think there's anyone who wouldn't make that trade after seeing those two players over the last year. It's been very bold and very smart the way they've retooled this team and been able to develop their homegrowns and just find players they can plug into the system and to continue to execute the system even after a coaching change.
1: And Yeah, I think it's worth mentioning, they have had two different coaches this year. They had the best season in MLS history under two different coaches. Right. And
0: that made the Coach of the Year balloting slightly difficult for me. I was... I didn't do it, but I was very tempted to put Armis as one of my two slots on there. Yeah. You know, the only reason I didn't is because it felt like he successfully carried on the philosophy of the existing coach who had really built the team. But, you know, what he's done is very admirable. You can't really... Right, and it's like more of
1: him, and it's like the Rooney argument It's like, if you're not going to give MVP to a player who's played half the season, can you give Coach of the Year to sure. a coach who's coached half the season? Yeah. You got to give Marsh some credit for the Red Bulls record, um, but yeah, I mean, like,
2: did they at least talk to Marsh? No, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. Oh God, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm sorry. I I believe they like at. L- Let's not go back down this road. <laughs> <God. I just laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. Let's let, let's not get into it. Let, let's yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything seems to be working the way the Red Bulls run their team. And the the, the interesting thing, kind of like we mentioned, was how many key figures they've lost over the years that fans have gotten outraged about. Um, whether it whether starting it's, with Petkey. whether it's uh got Petkey, uh. Allie Curtis in the front office. Like mm-hmm. These guys were like very highly Luke regarded. Rooney. Luke <laughs> Wait, who?
2: Luke Rooney. John Rooney? Oh, it is. Luke, I, I think Luke I just Rogers. combined John Rooney and Luke Rogers. I think you did, yeah. yeah. I Luke. made it like, uh, it would be like a Wayne Rooney's younger brother was like a <sighs> hooligan or something like that. God. <laughs> I, I really miss Luke Rogers a lot. I don't know about you guys. I do. The
1: way he trolled Landon Donovan was
2: I, incredible. Incredible. I'd actually what completely w- forgotten about that.
0: I'm
1: blanking on this. What
0: was his situation where he like wanted to come back to the Red Bulls but then couldn't because yeah, he like had. Like a criminal <laughs> conviction or something <laughs> exactly. like that? He yeah, like wasn't allowed back in the country. <laughs> yeah, yes. I
1: forgot about that. Peak Luke Rogers. <laughs> 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 What's he doing? These they days? should have just
0: signed him and let him only play for the in their games at Toronto. Montreal, Whatever happened Vancouver. to John Rooney?
2: I mean, I could just ask Wayne on Thursday, I guess.
0: I'm pretty sure he stopped playing soccer. John Rooney, footballer.
2: No? Uh, He does play. He plays for Barrow as an attacking midfielder. What? Couldn't tell you what Barrow is.
1: In case Uh, you're... After
2: he left... All right, so he played uh, a year for the Red Bulls, a year for Orlando City, which I totally forgot. Uh, Barnsley, Bury, on loan to Chester. I think that... On loan to Wrexham, on loan to gizzly i don't know
0: that also was the year the red bulls and i remember this because i wrote the draft recap for aol fan house uh oh dude (laughs) he played this barrow team he plays for
2: the club participates in the national league the fifth tier of the english league system
0: (laughs) that that year the red bulls two top two draft picks were Corey herzog and john rooney and i remember i gave them like extremely low grade for that draft because it was so obvious they didn't do any real scouting they just <laughs> drafted the guy who was a prolific college scorer who was never going to translate to the pros in herzog and then oh look it's wayne rooney's brother let's re- draft him i remember yeah, I love- when
1: they did that they were they were talking about how they just only did that as a potential ploy to get wayne rooney to sign with them
0: yeah well they also signed kaka's brother
1: <laughs> That's right. I love them. I've fallen into
2: like a lower division English soccer, I'm sorry, football K Hole, and like this fifth division team. The primary feature of their uh their stadium, which is called Furnace Building Society Stadium, it's like the first line and the at the Wikipedia is very close to the town center and approximately five hundred and forty seven yards from Barrow Railway Station.
1: <laughs> hmm. Convenient. Um, Speaking of uh, lower-tier English football, I've looked up Luke Rogers. Okay. Oh, boy. Who's Go currently... On. Serving six to eight years for manslaughter <laughs> at you know, Barrow Penitentiary. He's currently in the ninth tier oh my God. of English football. With <laughs> How football? old is he? Okay, he's got to okay. be old. In his defense, he is 36. Okay. <laughs> what, but he's with the club... Ninth? There's a club called Highgate United. Oh, MLS is such shit. I'm sorry.
2: He this went, dude, fa- like three years ago was playing for the one of the okay, best that,
0: teams in the league. Now he's playing like the ninth tier that, Okay, that was like oh six. My god. that was like
1: six years ago. He left the Red Bulls in twenty twelve.
2: Yeah. Oh my god. All right, what's his what's his history since then?
1: uh let's see he went to a team in norway for a year then he was with the he was in league one for a couple years oh wow then he went to sweden for a brief period (laughs) and then he went to forest green rovers and conference national which i think is like the fourth or fifth tier and then he went to national league which i don't really know what that is i just told you
0: national league's fifth tier national
1: league's fifth tier yeah well there you go And now he's in the ninth tier
0: wow i'm glad we traced that yeah um that'll be useful because he played with um former rhino johnny Steele, so i could maybe maybe use journeyman luke rogers to make some future connections
1: highgate united
0: incredible
1: do we have any other uh mls yeah, can playoff get, thoughts oh i thought
2: you were gonna ask for like another obscure player we could just dig into oh
1: well or
2: that thomas anybody
0: i um, the master of these. Do you want
2: to know what Sa- is? I, there was
0: some sort of headline Kaka? about Samuel Inkoom. Like, I think he's been banned from another league. Or what? Something.
2: Yeah. Goo- was another incident with the landlord? Would it well, uh, didn't we he have, put, like, put a witch doctor curse him? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> i don't I, I i don't know if what you're saying is incredibly <laughs> racist i'm not sure but no
0: this was a real headline that i came across on like a ghanaian Seth, soccer
2: just site. search samuel Nkum witch doctor and see what <laughs> 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 happens uh
1: ghana he he was hit with a one-year ban by fifa after failing to pay an agent, he cheated in a transfer back in 2014. Oh my God,
2: that was probably that agent he had uh, when he was DC United too, who was like crazy and like tweeting all the time. And
1: he was ordered to pay this agent $65,000 or serve a one-year ban, and apparently he chose the latter.
2: Jesus. Christ. So is he unattached right now, or? Uh, I believe so. Yes. You say Kaká is a brother. He played in. He played
0: for the Red Bulls. What? He was like a bad. Is it like back. the Red
2: Bulls like thing to
0: do? Is yeah, like pretty much.
1: Wow. Degal. Diga- he's uh, <laughs> That's curren- right. he's retired. Oh, uh, actually, the Red Bulls were his last club. <laughs> oh man, wow. That was it for him.
0: Oh man.
2: All right. Well, we just burned fifteen minutes. So,
0: <laughs> anyways. Uh, okay. Wait. I found the uh, Samuel and Coom thing. It was a profit. A Ghanaian prophet accused Inkum of using Juju <laughs> what? to kill kill the careers of other players. <laughs> this is a real headline that I'm now showing you for for visual evidence.
2: Prophet Mensa Odabil accuses inkum of using Juju to, quote, kill careers of other players. What, what's
0: the outlet? <laughs> uh,
2: yen? It's a, it's, I think it's a Ghanaian thing. Yeah. Uh, hold on a second. Wow. Has been using voodoo slash black magic to kill the stars of fellow Ghanaian uh, Ghanaian teammates who rival for his position. The prophet continued to claim that Inku, 27, is so addicted to negative spiritualism and has helped the player of the past to cage the destinies of so many black stars players. Yes, we were shocked too. Let's get a little clickbait here. Prophet Kwaku was speaking. On, do you want? Should I continue? <laughs> this is oh pretty my God. good. Uh, Surprised we, all right, we so haven't covered this. apparently, apparently, this guy called in. Uh, Hello, good afternoon, Coach Ot and Elder. I don't know how to say that name. Uh, the reason why I'm saying this is I want the Ghana FA officials to know something about Nkum. Nkum is a player that no one should try calling him back into the Black Stars. He is a player that will cause pandemonium in the Ghana <laughs> camp. There will be confusion in the Black Stars. He is a liar. This is this is incredible. I love this. Like at the end, the the, the kicker is how a, quote, "Man of God" can use juju is beyond our scope of explanation at the moment.
1: We oh need to God. we need to we need to get his uh, his ex landlord back on for comment to this story.
2: This is incredible. I how
0: have we not discussed this,
2: this before? The people interviewing the this this prophet who was saying this. Is, N- noting that these were indeed some serious allegations he was making, the prophet was quick to add that if I'm invited to court, I am ready to defend everything that I am saying. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know how you do that in a court of law, but wow, man. See, that, is, uh, that is really
0: intense. You, you, you thought I just made that up.
2: <laughs> man, I wonder whose uh, career he killed at DC Oh, probably his own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Anyways. Um, what a legend! I know. I God, I got nothing <laughs> after that. Jesus yeah. Christ!
1: I think we, I think we may need to wrap it up after that. I mean, we I, have, I'd we like, have
2: other things to talk I'd, about, right?
1: I'd
0: like to point out the U.S. We have like ten minutes left here. I'd like to point out the U.S. at the 2010 World Cup was eliminated by Ghana team, for which Samuel Inkoom played the full 120 minutes. <laughs> oh my
2: God, dude! Fatality. <laughs> 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 oh my God. Do you think you should play him out with a secret footballer. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. What is is that it? We got anything else? Yeah, it's pretty much. We got an yeah. outline. We even went into some non-outline stuff, i.e. the shit uh, show that is the USMNT men's soccer coach. Search. Can we
2: can we finish this off with a uh, six degrees of Rochester Rhinos?
1: Probably. Yeah. Oh
2: boy. Uh, Not as good as
0: these on the spot.
2: Trying to think of a really really ridiculous one. All right. Uh, I'm gonna give you a really easy one that I know the answer to. All right, Mary Kate and/or
0: Ashley Olsen. Um, is there a Andrew Shue link? That's
2: not where I'm, I'm going with it, but okay. But I, but I can't tell you if there is or not. I'm not I, sure.
1: I bet there's like a Freddie Adu link somewhere. I'm
0: not super familiar with their. Limited <laughs> filmography. All right, so they're on Full House with Bob Saget. So I'll start there. Uh, oh, wait, Bob Saget was in Entourage. <laughs> <God>.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I...
2: Well, they were also in a soccer movie with Alexi Lawless. Oh, interesting. It's like, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like one of those soccer movies, you know. One of those. Oh, oh boy. Haley Joel Osment.
0: Okay. Um. Wait. Haley Joel Osment was in the Entourage movie with Thierry Henry. <laughs> he played with Johnny Steele on the rise. Yeah,
1: um, Is there any actor that wasn't in the Entourage movie? <laughs> yeah. Uh. Hold on. I'm going to just just give me a second here. Why was Haley Joel Osment in the Entourage he, movie?
0: He played the character. He wasn't cameoing as himself. He played some sort of like... Rich producer type.
1: I didn't know he's still yeah. acting.
0: I think he was Billy Bob Thornton's son in that movie. Yeah. yeah Macaulay Culkin. Okay. Macaulay Cul Culkin. Let me think. He was in. <laughs> oh, God. He was in Home Alone 2 with. <laughs> Donald Trump. Oh my God! You <laughs> met with U.S. Soccer president. <laughs> oh, <Carlos> my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God!
1: Oh my. Wait, he's not done. He's not done. <laughs> well, um, can
0: I connect Carlos Cordero to like anyone in U.S. Soccer? How how broad are we? Yeah,
2: I think so. Right. He's
0: the. Let um, I me. Mean, he's the president of. The U.S. U.S. soccer, including the U.S. team, which features Dax McCarty, who played with Johnny Steele on the Rebels.
1: I mean, calling Dax McCarty a U.S. international.
2: John F. Kennedy. Okay. Let me think about this. Um, Well, I mean, you can get to Ted Cruz. Oh, Zodiac killer. Yeah, but <laughs> what do you uh, who campaigned okay. against Donald I, I, Trump I, who, yeah. met, who met with <laughs> Carlos Cordero? <laughs> I have.
1: A, I have
0: <laughs> All right, JFK. I have potential for a path. Let me think this through a few a few steps in advance. Um, is a tough one. Let me. Th-
2: I'm going to put you on the clock at 30 seconds here. Oh, boy.
0: Okay, well, I'm just going to go into this blind and see if I can signal anything. JFK was a character in the movie Jackie. And... The, the. What? Is that not allowed? All right, all right, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. Go ahead. Okay. 20 uh, seconds. And in the movie Jackie, uh, that starred Natalie Portman. 15 seconds. And what? Oh, okay, I'm not going to get it in 15 seconds. Him. Oh, boy. <laughs> finish him it's <laughs> so, so very distracting <laughs> I um i mean i could get there if i had a little more time but we don't, uh, we don't have a so to say I, I, that. I i thought
1: Fatality. of a i i thought of a link <laughs> yes. I, I thought of a link and i i i'm missing a couple but go ahead. try the, it the, well the the connection <laughs> is henry kissinger oh okay
2: i'll i'll do it oh. jfk to henry kissinger Kissinger to, I'll just say Pelé. Kissinger was a season ticket holder and super, or super oh. fan of the Cosmos. Okay.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. Actually, all right. So to play Pelé, Pelé to Freddie Adu and the Sierra Mist ad. Freddie Adu to what's his name, John.
0: Uh, John Wilson. John Wilson He's on DC, United. Yeah. yeah. All
2: right. We got there.
0: Freddie Adu also played. Wow! By, wow! Uh, Thomas
2: looks like. Uh, You've been dethroned.
0: Oh wow! Well, wait. (laughs) You brought up Goop, or you brought up a Wikipedia page?
1: Yeah, I I was. So (laughs) I did think of Henry Kissinger on my own, but I I brought up the Wikipedia page to try to figure out the connection to to JFK because he didn't work in his administration. So you could say he worked for Nixon, who ran for president against JFK. I'm gonna do one
2: more, and the two of you can. I think you might need Seth's help on this one. Okay. William Henry
1: Harrison
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't I I don't really know where to start (laughs) With that one Come on, man Um, Seth, help him out William, Henry, so a William Henry Harrison lived in the White House, where Donald Trump currently <laughs> oh lives, God. or where Carlos Cordero visited. <laughs>
1: there you go. One, one degree of separation. <laughs> I guess just two. Wow. That was easier than we thought.
2: I'll tell
0: you what. Um, did he even like have time to live in the White House, or you go straight to a hospital do do? after his how inauguration about, Let speech? me
2: finish with this one.
0: All right, Jesus Christ of Nazareth
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> was reborn as Tommy McNamara. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: All now it. Uh, wow, uh, Thomas, you continue to impress. Uh yeah, I think we can, I think we can go now. <laughs> Where's the Hey
1: maybe if they uh maybe if DC United goes on a little playoff run we'll try to do one more show between now and January. What do you think? Nope. <laughs> All right. Oh thank you. Uh, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> and it takes over the rat spot.
2: All right. All right. <laughs> we
0: haven't played these in so long. I've forgotten about some. There's of a
2: stuff. lot of really. <laughs> <topics>. <laughs> where's the Where's the Travis Clark one? <laughs> I don't think I've ever told I the story. I Tell it in about 30 I don't seconds. I don't know if we ever die After DCI got eliminated from the playoffs two years ago, uh, I think it was three yeah. years ago. Yeah, it was two years, two years so ago. The top drawer soccer uh, writer Travis Clark. Was just sitting in the room with what I call tr- resting Travis Clark face, which is just like uh, a gentle smile. Travis is a great guy. And just in the middle of answering a question, uh, Olson just turned and glared at Travis and said, Something funny?
0: <laughs> oh, so you did get that. <laughs> Something
2: funny? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Uh, all right. Okay, all right.
1: Are we done? <laughs> yeah, we're done. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. This went really well. <laughs> I think it went well.